Hello everyone, welcome to Gamed Out, my name is Richard, and if you're watching on YouTube, if the video is up, yes, you're going to see like many other people, and me, and I will be discussing this in the show, have joined the great bandwagon of doing a studio recording live in Animal Crossing. So, this is from the very weird looking basement style studio of my house in Animal Crossing, because, do you know what, why not? I wanted to bring you gaming news in a different style, a different format, not just a podcast, but I can't just upload audio to YouTube. So instead, what I'm doing is, I'm gonna record me in my house on Animal Crossing and upload that to YouTube instead. So welcome to Gamed Out. My name is Richard, and in today, this is the Gamed Out News Weekly, where I'm gonna round up some of the biggest gaming stories from the previous week. I'm going to take a look, probably look at the charts as well to see how well games are selling in this current pandemic to see if we're still stuck at home playing many computer games. Coming up in today's show, we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We're going to be discussing a load of Nintendo stuff, including like Animal Crossing and bits and pieces. There's no direct. And there'll probably be a few more bits. And listen very carefully. In the next week or so, we may be doing the Assassin, no, the Animal Crossing quiz. So grab yourself a brew, join me here at the studio, and let's talk the news. So probably one of the biggest announcements from the previous week was a new Assassin's Creed. I sat there on my own comfortable gaming chair, just like this red one you see me in currently, uh, well, no, actually, my real one's white and black, but I don't want to break the fourth wall. Um, I sat on, not on, literally on Twitch, I sat watching Twitch in the background while I was doing other things. One of, I think it was like boss or whose boss, some boss, one boss, any boss, you're painting a picture from the next Assassin's Creed game. And as this picture got bigger and better and like the development of this picture was incredible, one thing was apparent. It looked like we were going Viking. It looked that kind of setting. Norse mythology, all that kind of good stuff. And, well, we were treated indeed. And I've got the article from PC Gamer, so thank you to PC Gamer. That's the Viking assassins. And that's what we've got. And there is an incredible um, Ubisoft trailer, actually, uh, on the internet doing the rounds. And it is, it is a, a thing of beauty. So, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, everything we know from PC Gamer, and all the details on Ubisoft's upcoming Viking RPG, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, set in 9th century England. This is great, this is cool. Is it going to bust open the Odyssey, though? You see, Assassin's Creed a few years ago had a bit of a hiatus, they took a year's break, and we didn't have anything, and then we got Assassin's Creed Origins, which was an incredible game, but I'd like to know how they're going to bridge the gap. I haven't played Odyssey myself, but I'd like to see how they're going to bridge the gap between Odyssey and this one to really understand if they're following the same lineage of games. But the article goes, as we have can read here, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been officially announced, confirming a lot of what was already suspected. I didn't know that. I wasn't suspecting anything. I didn't even know Ubisoft was working on the next Assassin's Creed. Uh, Ubisoft's next Assassin's Creed will be, is coming this year in 2020, and it's all about Vikings. As a leader of a Viking clan, players will clash with Saxons as the Norse warriors attempt to settle in England. Here's everything we know so far. When is Assassin's Creed Valhalla release date? Expected to be released on holiday in the holiday 2020, so around probably October, November, you know, December time. 
and the trailer is available to to watch. Um, you will play as Eivor, a warrior and Viking clan leader. Will while not shown in the trailer, players will be able to choose which version of Eivor they want to play, male or female. So you'll get the choose of male or female assassin. You can look at the female Eivor in the figurine form. She comes with the pricey two hundred two hundred dollar physical collector's edition. Ubisoft. I love you to bits. I think you're one of my favorite AAA developers. But stop with the crap of expensive crap. Anyway, though we don't yet know there's any in-game difference between the two versions, evil beside appearance and different voice actor. So that's what we know on that part. But I want to mention this part. 200 damn dollars for an eclectic edition for some bits and pieces uh, which we probably don't want. And what else do you get? I mean, and Ubisoft are renowned. They're renowned for doing this. So if I click on the Ubisoft Play Store, the Ubisoft Store, I can get the standard edition, which doesn't actually have a price. How weird. Oh, I must pick uh, PC. So platforms, let me go through the platforms. It's on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC Epic Game Store, PC Ubisoft Store, or you can get Uplay Plus and play it. You can select digital or uh, physical. So let's go PC Ubisoft Store. I can get it physical if I want to. Uh, we'll come to that in a second. So you have this. This is in dollars. This is £60 and it gets you the game. The gold edition. Gold. The gold edition gets you the game and the season pass. For content that's not out yet, get access to epic new content, explore new lands, and discover new gear. Enjoy an immersive story, missions available at launch. Oh, so the season pass stuff will be available at launch. Why need a season pass? For the ultimate edition, the ultimate edition, which you think would stop. No, there's more. Get ready. You have the game. You have the season pass, and you have the ultimate, the ultimate pack. At $120, you get the game, you get access to the season pass, and then you get strike fear in the hearts of your enemies, dominate raids and rivers, and set of items included in the ultimate pack. And there's an asterisk next to that. Ubisoft pricing, uh, not liable for pricing of other retailers. And then you have Uplay, which is probably the best one, because Uplay are running a bit of an offer at the minute. If they keep that offer going uh, the rest of this year, you can sign up for the first year, uh, first month of Uplay for £6. Then it does jump, well, $6, $7. Then it does jump up to quite expensive. Out of all the online subscription services, it's probably the most expensive. But, you know, I'm a bit of a sucker for U U U U Ubisoft. I haven't signed up for it, but I have been a member in the past. For the $14.99 a month, you do get exactly the same as the Ultimate Edition. You get the game, the Season Pass, and the Ultimate Book. Now, you can only buy... If you want to get physical, you have to... Physical! Physical! You have to buy... If you want Physical Edition on the PC, you can't, you can't get it. If you want Physical Edition through the Uplay Store, you can get... Sorry, if you want Physical through the Epic Game Store, you can't get it. You can only get... Um, three editions through the Epic Game Store. You can get the standard, the gold, and the ultimate edition. If you want the PC through Ubisoft Store, you can get the standard gold edition, ultimate edition, and the Uplay Plus. Uh, the Uplay Plus has is is as it is. The PlayStation Four, you can buy physical, and Xbox One, you can buy physical, uh, and you can only get up to the collector's edition. So. Sorry, you can get the standard edition, the gold steel book edition, which is 
£109 and you get the season pass and the gold book steel, uh, the gold book steel, which doesn't have anything under it. And then you get the collector's edition. The collector's edition! With this, which makes me laugh, right? So, this is the funniest thing I've just said, is the game, the season pass, the ultimate pack, and the collector's edition, but you don't get the gold steel book. So, you have, if you want the gold steel edition, you you can get the gold steel book, but you don't get the collector's edition. But if you want the collector's edition, you don't get the gold steel book with your collector's... That's really daft. Ubisoft, what are you doing? Ubisoft, I think, and EA are the only two companies that I know that need a special chart for you to actually work out which collector's edition or which edition you should be buying. Why? Just release one or two editions. Release a standard edition and release a collector's edition. And in the collector's edition, put everything in it. And in the standard edition, just give us the game. I mean, I'm not a fan of season passes, and I hate companies that do. I I love Ubisoft, but I hate Ubisoft, and I I, I love the games that I, they, I, the Ubisoft produces. But I hate the fact that you have stupid things like this, where I've got to sit down and spend a half an hour trying to work out exactly what edition I need to buy for a game that shouldn't be that complicated. If you need a bar graph or a chart or a, a lecture in how to buy a game because you're not sure which edition will work on your system, of depending on there's something wrong with your company. Have a word with the people in marketing over this and sort it out rant over so that is assassin's creed valhalla you we can play as a female uh you've got all of those good stuff uh, it is available holiday 2020 on xbox series x xbox one playstation 5 playstation 4 stadia P and pc and you can pre-order now on epic and ubisoft source my interesting thing will be this is if will they release separate versions for the ps5 and the xbox one series x or will you be able to buy uh, like a digital code and play it on your PlayStation 4 and then ups and then the like there's like, some upscaling technology that some of the other games are taking um, on the Xbox side of things will upscale I can't remember if I saw something I know Cyberpunk are doing this and I'm not sure if um, Ubisoft are doing it at all but I will check uh, it's something that I want to have a look at and see if there's uh you know, that kind of thing, because I think that's something that we should be discussing. Um, going back to actually this article, like a five-minute sidetrack, where and where will Valhalla be set? It's set in England in 9th century, beginning in the 873. Your clan has left Norway behind to start a new life in England, which may be slightly more hospitable, but staking out some new territory won't be easy. You'll still have to deal with the Saxons, who aren't thrilled about your presence. In real history, Viking armies invaded and conquered much of England between 860 and 900 AD, but smaller raids were happening decades before that. King Alfred the Great of Wessex, a real figure, is in Valhalla trailer above sending his soldiers to battle the Vikings. He is one of the few English rulers to successfully beat back the Norse armies. 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 Uh, is Valhalla an RPG like Odyssey? Assassin's Creed Odyssey turned the familiar stealth action series into a full-bodied RPG experience, adding branching dialogue, tree, player, tree choices, no player choices, that could change the course of story. It was welcome change for the series, so we're happy to see the RPG systems will continue in Valhalla. Advanced RPG mechanics allow you to shape and grow your character and influence the world around you, says Ubisoft. What will combat be like? There's a big battle in the cinematic trailer. A creative director, Ashrad Ismail, talks in detail about 
about it in his developer commentary video. If you're going to be making a Viking game, the combat needs to be visceral. It needs to be quite brutal, brutal he says. Ishmael says there will be a big epic scale battles in the game in addition to raids. It's hard to extrapolate. Oh, I have no idea what that... It's hard to explain, would have been a better word, how the combat will really feel from the cinematic trailer, but it, will, it does contain some things we'll encounter in the game, including some very tall, heavily armed Saxon warriors. Ishmael says, these soldiers will have some weak points, which is hinted in the video when Evil stabs him through the knee. Here are some notes on Evil's confirmed combat abilities. They, he will have throwing axes, so you can aim for the head if you really want to evil will dual wield pretty much all the combination of weapons even two shields if you want to two axes sounds better to us uh, the classic assassin's hidden blade is back although it's less hidden this time and it comes out of a chamber on the top side of the gauntlet so you'll have things to do i mean with a ubisoft game it's not going to be small by any feet there are going to be hundreds of things to do the assassin's creed series has occasionally de delved into customizable bases in the past but valhalla's base management will play a major role it's your own viking village you'll see proposed and uh, uh, prosper and grow uh, and which your clan mates will live in lead producer julian lafrere told Eurogamer it's at the center of our quests and the center decisions you make. We want players to see consequences of all their actions. What I would like to see is something from the Nemesis system from uh, the Shadow of Mordor games because I think the Assassin's Creed series lens could lend really or lean really heavily into that system where you could be building your base up or your, your settlement and you go from there to go to take out uh, another leader, a Saxon warrior or whatever you like and he's part of like a nemesis system that grows. And if you fail, it, he gets stronger. I think that's one of the best uh, mechanics for bosses in games from Shadow from from Shadow of Mordor. I think or Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor, the Lord of the Rings games. I think it's a really inc incredibly clever, intuitive system that allows you to make decisions about how you go about taking things out. And if you fail. It has real-world consequences that these bosses get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think that's something maybe the Assassin's Creed series could do with. So here's a biggie. Valhalla won't launch on Steam for now. Following the divisions to exclusive PC release on Epic Store rather than Steam, Ubisoft said it won't be it will would be releasing several more games on Epic Store in the future. Now we know that Assassin's Creed is going to be one of them. And it'll also be available through the Uplay launcher, of course. And I think that's you know, it lends itself to the fact that Epic is not charging as high as Steam. I mean, it doesn't really matter where you get it. I have Uplay installed. I haven't got Epic installed. I really should probably reinstall Epic because I've got game. I, I wish that we could just have one launcher. Like, I wish they all got together. You know, I wish they just talked to each other and went, oh, maybe we should work together because people have got games on different launchers. You know, they'll never have them. Um, and the, the article goes on to, to, to discuss more. And I think we are looking like we might get a pet bear as well. So that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's coming um, to us this holiday. There's a lot to delve into and a lot to take. And as the game progresses and we find out more, I'll comment on it. But I think the biggest takeaway from the whole thing is we need a full-blown lecture from Ubisoft how to understand how to buy this game. Not the fact that Valhalla has been released. It's actually the, the announcement that We've probably got 60,000 editions on different consoles and different platforms that we don't need. So I'd love to know if you're excited for Valhalla, if you're going to get it. If you're not, what's your feelings about 
it. So, as we know, E3 has been canned this year. E3 was cancelled uh, due to uh, numerous different reasons. No, it was due to the uh, coronavirus outbreak, the recent pandemic that's sweeping the globe. But we do know that also we've got a lot of companies uh, have dropped, you know, going to E3. Uh, you know, Sony is it was the big one that pulled out. Uh, we understand that Nintendo aren't going to have a direct this year or in June. Um, I don't think it's anything wrong with that. It probably just means that Nintendo haven't got anything to show us. And I'd rather a company not show us anything if they haven't got us anything. You know, I always take my my example as uh, Sony when they, they dropped the PlayStation's Final Fantasy VII remake. I know we've got that now. I know the game is is in the palms of our sweaty hands or whoever's playing it. But um, they released that trailer in like 2015 and it didn't come to... I love this word at the minute, fruition, until 2020. Uh, unbelievable, like that five-year gap of wanting to know. So I think Nintendo probably don't want to give us anything if they've not got us anything. And, and you know, I know there's rumors about the Mario kind of, you know, 35 years and all that kind of stuff, but don't release the information when they're ready. And Nintendo have got these on, that online directs. They can do them at any time. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about Jeff Keighley hosting his own E3 replacement that will run all summer. Summer Games! Why not? It's called Summer Games Fest. It will run between May 2020, so now apparently, to August. Kojima's mate industry su- and industry superfan Jeff Keighley is keeping busy this summer. He announced the Summer Games Fest, a... Uh, summer-long smorgasbord of news, reveals, demos, and in-game events. It starts this month, unlike E3, which is contained within a few days, or Keeley's other venture, the Game Awards. This will be pretty spread out, lasting over four months. Plenty of publishers have already been revealed as participants, including 2K, yay, Activision, yay, Bandai Namco, woo, Bethesda, moving on, Blizzard aren't they the same thing as Activision. Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, Sony, Private Division, Riot, Square Enix, Steam, Warner Brothers, and Microsoft. During last year's Game, game Awards, Steam hosted a game festival where people could take a long list of demos for a spin across 48 hours, replicating the hands-on experience of E3. The Summer Game Fest will do something similar, but with Xbox joining Steam in dueling doling out these demos. Man, these articles from PC Gamer today are like their own cryptic word puzzle of how to read. Former E3 partner, I am Bit, I am 8-Bit, is working with Keeley on this one. Even before E3 2020 was officially cancelled, the company announced that it was pulling out. Keeley also announced that he wouldn't be attending. So while the Gummer, the, the Gummer same, no, the Summer Game Fest is being positioned as an E3 replacement, now that the show won't be happening this year, it seems like it, this has been in the work for a bit longer. Keeley says that the schedule will be available soon and there will be more details during next Thursday's Inside Xbox where we'll also have our first look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay. So that's as of recording this Thursday, and we'll we'll comment on it. He's hosting a Reddit, Ask Me Anything, right now. Well, not right now, as of recording. That's that's silly. So, yeah, we've got a Summer Games Festival coming out. I mean, I'm not going to complain, because it gives us a chance to look at what's going on. Probably for me, if I was to pick a developer out of all the ones that I'm excited for, it would be something like Bandai Namco. I'd love to see what they're bringing to the table. And CD Projekt Red, because of Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is probably going to be the next big game that I purchase at some point this year. I think it's been pushed back to September, so that's fine. Um, you know, it's 
it is, is, it is what it is. And unfortunately, E3, I think the style of E3 is a thing of the past um, or how E3 is portrayed, uh, especially with a lot of companies now doing the online thing. Nintendo, the online directs. Sony are doing their own Sony Play events. Stadia do their Stadia Connects. All those things are, you know, happening online because it can get people, it can get the news and the information to people quicker and easier and we don't have to leave our own homes we can be as we have always been stuck in our gaming chairs not wanting to move and still get the news and the information to us so and it it amplifies that with the current global situation where you would have had thousands and thousands of people all together and no one would have been comfortable in those situations because of what's been going on we went to uh me personally and the family went to harry potter world uh, in in the uk on the 7th of march and your senses have been heightened to what was going on but and you were you were you were looking around constantly and it was almost like you were not you were kind of looking over your shoulder in a really weird way and i can imagine if e3 had continued you would be, it would either be dead and would have flatlined, or people would be there constantly looking over their shoulder. So it makes sense. But whether E3 has been kind of going, we're not going to be doing E3 much longer, this is going to be the way to replace it, is an interesting thought. And if you get game developers and, and studios behind to do like demos like they do at game conventions, I think it's a good idea. It's not bad. It's the best way we're going to get gaming news this year anyway. So it'll be interesting to see what happens after this. But I also think on the flip side, we shouldn't take away the gaming conventions. I think we have a, we have a couple in, in England. We have EGX um, and there's, a, there's another one in the summer. And EGX is a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, and it's held over a couple of days, two or three days. And it is always good fun uh, to do something like that. But it's a lot smaller than what e I never experienced E3, but it's, it's a lot smaller. It is a lot smaller and, you know, I think that's that helps as well. So I've just gone on to the website of Summer Games Fest and there's nothing there. I can put in an email address to be notified when stuff goes live. So what I'll do for science, I will do that. There you go. My submission has been received live on the show. So that's the Summer Games Fest. Are you going to miss E3 this year? Is it something you wish we still had? Um, I should do all that was, but I should do a bit of a quick announcement of the Stadia Connect that recently just happened. Uh, about five days ago, five or six days ago, uh, we had a Stadia Connect. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, that's how they get their news out there. Um, I think the biggest piece of news is that PUBG Pioneer Edition has been dropped onto Stadia via Stadia Pro, or it's like $40. Um, we also got told that EA will be releasing Star Wars Jedi Fallen, FIFA, and other EA games. And Octopath Traveler released onto Stadia. Don't think that became a part of Pro. I think you have to buy that separately. And yeah, I think the one, like I say, the biggest is getting something like PUBG on there. Uh, there was other different games, but I think they're the biggest highlights. EA, PUBG, and Octopath Traveler. It's... Interesting. I played a game of PUBG once it released, and I wasn't sure if I was playing against bots. It was very odd, very strange, and I don't know if they've got like sections off if they know you're using a keyboard and mouse or a controller because I definitely had an advantage because I was using keyboard and mouse. So I'm going to play a few more games, and I'll get. I will kind of do a on gamed out. I will do a like a discussion of PUBG uh, Battle Royal on. 
Stadia, it also looked like it might have been an upscaled version of the mobile version or PUBG Lite. So it'd be really interesting to delve a bit deeper into the Pioneer Edition that they've dropped onto Stadia to find out if it is like the one we've got on Steam or if it's, you know, one of these, there's, there's magnitude of versions of PUBG right now, which is you've got the mobile version, you've got the Lite version, you've got the Steam version. All right, not magnitude, it's three. But still, it'll be interesting to see actually what's, you know, where the Stadia version sits in all of those. You have the console version, now you have Stadia version. So it's interesting. Octopath, as I said, it looks gorgeous on there as it does on any other console. It's not going to be difficult. It's a, a, like a HD 2D visuals, not going to be a problem. And as I said, you've got the Madden, NFL, FIFA, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen from EA are set to be released this year. It should boost the Stadia's lineup. I do have Stadia. I have Stadia Pro because Google will be giving it away for free at the minute. I have Borderlands 3 on Stadia and it runs fine. I don't have any problems with it. It's nice to be able to like play it on my laptop or something stupid. So there you go. Now, seeing as we're recording this from my island of Animal Crossing, we do need to do some Animal Crossing news, I think. We need to take our time and discuss some Animal Crossing stuff. And Nintendo Life have kind of you know, rounded me up some beautiful news. We've got random Pokemon, uh, Pokemon's entire Sinnoh map has been recreated in Animal Crossing. So there is a map, no word of a lie, <laughs> of Sinnoh's region created in Animal Crossing. So we've seen recreations of Earthbound, the entire Zelda, and now a player who goes by the name of Assault Epic on Reddit has shared their creation of a fourth generation Pokemon region, Sinnoh. I'm looking at the map now and it looks absolutely like, like how much time that person spent doing this. This particular region was introduced uh, in Pokemon Diamond and uh, Pearl back in 2006 on the DS. And it was apparent, apparently as simple as searching for an image of Google Map, importing it into the Happy Island Designer web app and following grid lines in game. The creator says Pokemon theme has, has also been expanded upon... Um, uh, made some custom hoodies with starters and put them in the Able Sisters so that villagers can pick their starter. Not seen any do so yet. Um, I've also been trying to make villagers look like gym leaders by giving them clothes. So far, I've got uh, Vulcan, Ricky, and a few others. Although the map looks good from above, Im immediately it's not all practical to live on. To be honest, it's rather cramped, especially because I use cliffs to fill the middle parts. I haven't done much with the island itself, because I'm making the map. I wasn't sure what to do next. I mean, it's it, they've got the original map there as well. It is quite uh, incredible. The Zelda one, I think, is one of my favorites. Uh, someone has also, I think, done Pokemon Red or the original map from the first generation games in Animal Crossing. I mean, I didn't realize until I sort of delved in a bit deeper how much customizability customization there is available in animal crossing so it's quite interesting to see and like like me i've jumped onto this whole gonna do it onto youtube from here bandwagon excellent uh star wars rogue one writer wants reggie on his animal crossing game talk show um it's uh, prolonged isolation may have set everyone a little bit crazy i'm i'm doing all right but it's also brought the best in Animal Crossing New Horizon players. As they come up with new ways to play, the screenwriters Gary Witter, 
who co-developed the story for Star Wars film Rogue One, has decided to become a late-night talk show host in Nintendo's popular social simulation. Gary's show is called Animal Talking, and he live streams regularly on Twitch. He features celebrity guests, comedy acts, and musical performance. He has already got Naomi Kyle, former IGN Daily Fix host, YouTuber, and streamer, and musical guest Raquel Lilly to make an appearance. He's now set his sights on former Nintendo America president Reggie fils and Reggie has already responded. I think that's brilliant. I think it's a great way to, like... We've had a, I've had so many discussions with like my own family and stuff. You've in the UK, we've got this lockdown that's happening at the minute, and people are going out and buying like DIY stuff and things. And I know it's a really weird analogy, but bear with me. Um, you know, it's a way of keeping you know idle hands busy. You don't know if people are, are suffering hard within this lockdown around the world, and this could have been this person's escape from. You're not being able to work, not being able to go out and all those kind of things to basically make a talk show in Animal Crossing and speak and try and get celebrities on that. I think it's a, a really clever and ingenious way and doesn't harm anyone, which is great. It just, it, you know, for people who play games, it it does, it does brings a bit of humor to everyone's sort of life who, you know, is involved playing games and stuff. And there's a video on the, on the website where he's deciding what outfit to wear and he literally goes upstairs and it is almost like looking at like a Jimmy Kimmel live or something like that. I, they've got, um, they've got a guy on a drum, uh, a drum kit where at one point he'll make a joke and he'll go, um, you know, studio lights. He's got a microphone platform where he can do his jokes from jukebox in the background. It's, it's very clever, honestly, very, very clever. And I wish my studio in animal crossing looked half as good. Um, more Animal Crossing. I'm just going to completely utterly batter the Animal Crossing news because, you know, why not? Um, is that we've got the May Day event is here and you get a limited dark time Mother's Day mug. Now, I'm not going to, I don't want to do any spoilers, but spoilers. Uh, the Animal Crossing new May Day event, uh, you can get yourself a May Day ticket and head over to a mysterious island and get through the maze. And there is a special visitor there. Not going to tell you who it is, but the maze is quite fun. It's not difficult, um, but there are bell voucher tickets. And I missed like five or six of those sad times, but it's quite an interesting little event. And you say you can get a mother day mug. So yeah, they're, they're piling in the content, which is great to see. And moving away from animal crossing game freaks, little town hero physical edition is delayed. Uh, Nis America has revealed the Little Town Hero Big Idea Edition, the physical ed edition set to launch on Nintendo Switch this spring, has been delayed due to current events. It'll be postponed until the 23rd of June in North America and the 26th of June in Europe. Um, it's interesting because I reviewed this game and I couldn't get past the first chapter because the game broke. Like the game broke. This edition looks really cool. They've got the soundtrack. The soundtrack's fantastic. Uh, and then you've got like a, an art book and stuff like that. It's it's kind of good. I'm going to probably go back at some point and give that another try. It's a very difficult, slow game to get into. But like I said, my game broke after the first chapter. and I couldn't do any more. So maybe I'll have to revisit during lockdown. And finally, I've been rattling on for nearly half an hour, over half an hour now. Here is that release dates, updates for The Last of Us 2 and Ghosts of uh, Tsushima. This is from PlayStation Blog. Both Naughty Boys and Sucker Punch Productions PS4 titles will be launched this summer. As of our teams at Sony Interactive and the Worldwide Studios approach development milestones and confront world changed by COVID-19, we find ourselves having to adapt to today's ever-changing environment. 
amidst some of our disruptions to our working styles, we have we wanted to provide an update with PlayStation games who are, or gamers who are eager to learn about our next exclusive PlayStation 4 titles. As we begin to see an ease of global global distribution uh, disruption distribution environment, I can't speak. I am pleased to confirm that Last of Us Part Two will arrive on June 19th, and the Ghosts of Tsushima will follow on July 17th. So. I think they've got like a three or four week delay each, which, you know, in this current climate is not bad at all. So that is a roundup of this week's news. We're going to see if we can find the charts. If I do this continuously from this, I'm going to have like a, a person on, in the corner on a drum kit doing you know, like a little doo 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 doo. Um, this is brought to us from uk ukie.org.uk it's probably the best place for the charts so i'm going to run through the top 10 games and um starting at number 10 we have where are we this week at number 10 is red dead red red, red redemption red dead redemption 2 damn you and that's uh up from uh number 14 luigi's mansion 3 holds its position at number nine at number eight is final fantasy 7 remake is down from number four Mario Kart 7, no, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Edition holds its position at number 7. I'd love to know how many weeks it's been in the top 10. Um, and this is the uh, Entertainment Software Week 17, the ending the 25th of April. So this is last week? Yeah. So uh, number 6, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is down from number 5 at number 6. Grand Theft Auto 5 is up from number 6 to number 5. Ring Fit Adventure. Now, this is a game I've been trying to get a hold of, but I'm not paying 120 damn pounds for it. No way. It's gone up everywhere. You can't get it. It's up It's up from number 10 to number 4. No kidding, because no one can buy it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare holds itself at number 3. FIFA 20 is down from number 1 to number 2, and this week's number 1 up from number two is animal crossing it retains its crown again to take this week's top spot um i think the interesting thing is it's actually if you look down the chart which three is still in there tom clancy's division two is there quite high minecraft on the nintendo is there in at number 21 it's up from number 26 it's in, uh, what i might do for next week's show is go through the chart before we had the lockdown to this point in the UK to see actually if there's any trends in what people were buying um, and all those kind of things. That would be quite, I think, quite an interesting to see actually which games uh, gained a lot over lockdown period. And that's it. So thank you for joining me today. If you listened on my podcast, thank you. You can get my podcast on uh, many platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. You can head over to anchor.fm slash out to get the show. Uh, the news is uploaded on a Sunday and it is out live before anyone else. Uh, my game doubt like stories that I do talk about games, in-depth sort of reviews and ana- analysis of games always go to Patreons first. So if you wish to support me and get the content early, you can go to head over to patreon.com slash gamed out and support me for as little as a dollar. You can you can join me over at twitch.tv slash that chap zap. Head over to Twitter, you can search for gamed out or that chap zapped. Either one is fine. You can contact the show. Let me know if I've missed anything. Let me know if I've talked a load of crap. Let me know what you think of the new setting here on the YouTube. Do watch out. There's also a video going up, which is our pilot episode of Who Wants to Be a Billionaire. We had our first contestant last night. There was a few mistakes 
a few discrepancies in one of the questions, which I haven't talked to our question adjudicator yet about, but I will do in a second. But we've also, um, I realized that the winner of the uh, Who Wants to Be a Billionaire got to 4,000 bells and got the question wrong and still walked away with 4,000 bells. He should have walked away with 1,000 bells, not, not, not 4,000. So I need to learn the rules of my own game show. Uh, but we will be having another contestant uh, shortly. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. That's all for this week. Um, yeah, goodbye. Have a good day. Bye-bye.